of wild dogs fighting over scraps of meat and tires and an army of crack addicts that strangely all look like G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> Welcome to Mammonburg. <laughs> uh, we are here today with a very special guest, uh, a good, very old friend of mine. <laughs> Fuck this... I'm your pilot today, Finch J. Finch of the Buffalo Wild Hands Blimp, and I am joined here by my four co-pilots, Jackal, Jackal Jester, Jackal, Jackal, <laughs> Oi, Oi, bruv, start the podcast. Oh, what? What? oh uh, it's you people. Okay, hello, I'm Jackal, um, founder. Uh, and president of Buffalo Wildheads LLC. Um, now, I would like to first off, happy Juneteenth, everybody. I would like to start off that we are offering a special Juneteenth uh, sale on all Buffalo Wildheads merchandise and goods and services today. Would you like to Baba Bowie? Would you like to Baba Bowie? Well, if you do that, I will give you a special. Maybe alien cut all that out. That could be presumed as violence. <laughs> presumed as violence. Keep it, keep it, keep it. No, no. Baba Booey at all. Yeah, Baba Booey at all. Baba Booey. Baba Louie, this also... has been a special, uh, special Buffalo Wildhead service announcement. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm also joined by Josiah. Yes, faithful shepherd of the Suddenites. I'm recently taking on my, my fifth bride, which is my right as Shepard, and I promise you that this will not turn into weird sex stuff. <laughs> Good to know. Josiah, what's in the basement? What was that? What's in the basement, Josiah? Not my sixth bride, that's for sure. God. <laughs> Phil. Bruv, we're in this air balloon going over to the Queen's coronation. We are. Yeah, you wee cheeky mother. You bastards. <laughs> Good old oh, yeah, they, went from, like, they went from like like Cockney to South African. The dub of this big the dub this big should be celebrated. We're here in the air balloon. Oh yeah. Monarchist Elon Musk. Monarchist Elon Musk. Good old down to that queen's coronation. She's about to knock this cunt right there. And we are joined by our very special guest today, a uh, former roommate of mine and prominent religious socialist, man who brought me back to my faith, Bunny. Hello, um, today I am presenting the Great Isle of Blighty on this podcast. Wonderful to see everyone here. Um, it's wonderful to be on Emberg at last. Long time listener, but I'm cooler. Thank God. You are, we're officially making you our European correspondent. You already have a European correspondent, Jackal. He's right there. I'm in the blimp. Oh, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut up, Phil. can I punch Phil? Yeah, of course. You can what? punch what? Phil. Through you the don't screen. need to ask my permission. He is ethnically a fascist, so. <laughs> uh, exactly. He's not a person. 
Yeah, you're you're even allowed to. Should I? I probably shouldn't say that word on this episode. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) I was gonna say an Italian slur, but it feels bad, so probably not. Um, What? Like what? What? You're not allowed to say that to my face. (laughs) You you can't punch this gabagool right in his uh, gaba jaw. You know what I'm saying? Today at the Babenberg News, we got our our WAP correspondent. My God, <laughs> Alien just bought Bubba Booey that. Bubba Booey. I think it'll be worse if it gets censored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> no, I think the only thing is, I, I think Bunny needs to take on like a really obnoxious American accent to counter Phil whenever. Okay, <laughs> so I think today we're supposed to be talking about the Lutherans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, Today, um, today is uh, also a special day because we are going to be talking about one Benjamin K. Shapiro. I'm not sure if he's a middle listener as K, but nevertheless, I'm moving on to a bit of an impression of him now. But uh, yeah, he's he can do it too. He's a funny guy. He's a really funny guy. Mod Save America. I fucking hate those guys. I really don't like, like them. So annoying. Listen, what the sh- what the socialists don't understand is that me, Ben Shapiro, I just wrote a book. I wrote a book about a big a big strong man, a big strong man because I like big <laughs> strong men. People don't understand that I like big strong men. I like big strong men because I myself am not a big strong man, but I really like big strong men. I really like their rippling muscles. I like everything they represent about America. I like those cleansed ash cheeks and those bell bottom jeans. Oh yes, that's me. I'm Ben Shapiro. I love facts, logic, and big burly men. Um, speaking of that, that out, and we can use that as like a trailer for this episode. There we go. There I we like go. that. Yeah, that that moves us nicely into um, a, a quick reading from our our Mammonberg holy text. Uh, Jack will take it away. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Mammonberg uh, Church. Welcome, <laughs> welcome everyone. So first, I will say that uh, apparently I've been committing some form of self harm by by reading this book three times, and yes. I think I'm now on a fourth one, technically. I, I, I have never read a book I liked four times. Jesus, Jackal. No, it's, it's just like, you're just making yourself miserable. It's like that one period Jackal, where you all got... I, where I just start, kept watching 9-11 documentaries, like every Jackal, other day. As, as the personification of Ben Shapiro on the podcast, I would like you to read my book. I'd like you to read your, my book four times, because if you read the book four times, you unlock the conservative secrets that I myself am only privy to. And otherwise, it, it, it endows you with the facts and logic that uh, Ben Shapiro himself is known to have deep in his bosom, known only to the most supreme of all men, the big burly men, the big burly men I have described in my book. Exactly. Really, I think it's more of a Trump thing to describe, to be enamored with hot guys. I mean, he's yeah, a bisexual I, king. I, I you felt that way until I heard the way about this book, and this book really has a very homoerotic vibe to it. I don't know. Oh, extremely. So, mm-hmm. Okay, go on, go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say that I've, for some reason, I've been obsessed with getting back into this incredibly stupid book. Um, and everyone that I've talked to about it has uh, voiced concerns to me. They've asked mm-hmm. if I'm okay. Um, yeah, if, uh, if I need bad. a hug, do I need help? The answer to all of that is yes, I do. But uh-huh. I hate myself, so I'm going to continue down this road. Holy fuck! I so, walk this lonely road, the only one that Phil, I am shut ever. The fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I'm going I'm, to I'm, fucking put you in the Buffalo Wild Hands grinder. 
before before I, I do a, a little a little uh, dramatic reading, would anyone like to to say anything about True Allegiance by Ben Shapiro before we begin? Any thoughts about this before I, I, I read wow. this to you? It, it's I, certainly a book for people who read my twisted world as theory, I think. It's like part of the complete reading set there. So Yeah. Um, he did the theory. All I mean, Ben Shapiro's doing is the praxis. I just, I just think it's really fascinating that political figures, like if they go long enough, they end up having to write some sort of spy novel or something like that. Like we're on the oh, second yeah, Bill, Clinton. Bill Clinton. We're on the second Bill Clinton, James Patterson, like duo book here. And like, why, why does this always happen? Yeah, I mean, professional what? rapist Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Is writing oh, a book, which, mind you, is not surprising because a, a lot of, uh, apparently a lot of authors were, unsurprisingly enough, on the Epstein flight logs. What? Well, I, like, not I an insignificant amount. James, James Patterson on the Epstein flight logs, the instant I saw that Bill Clinton, <gasps> the second Bill Clinton book. He's not on them, no. but I, I think it would be funnier if he was. Yes. It would be very so, funny if he was. And, and I do love committing libel, so, like, fuck it. Yeah, James Patterson was on the Epstein. <laughs> no, Jack, Josiah, no. We're going to get sued. Uh, you guys uh, hear that? Alien, uh, you, may, you may or may not need to Baba Booey that. Bubba, this podcast is a disaster. That's anyway, what's so good uh, about it. Buddy, what are your thoughts about, before, you don't know anything about this book. But before we even begin, what do you think a book, a novel written by Ben Shapiro is going to be like? Okay, so it's going to be very logically put out, brought out. It's going to have the enemies being some permutation of transgender college campus socialists who want to destroy Western civilization with uh, critical race theory and possibly domestic terrorism. There's going to be an average average Joe who may well be called Average Joe. That may well be his first and last name. And he is going to be sort of muscular and well-thinking and is going to sort of defeat these people in a sort of an inverse Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> so, like, instead of, instead of debating the um, bad, unreasonable Republicans, and they finally see the truth and come together and pass that bill, he debates the socialists and they burst into tears and immediately join the fucking, uh, what is it called? Shit. Um, the Federalist Society. Oh, I so, hate how, how pretty close to the plot of this book <laughs> you are. But you see, Ben, Shapiro, uh, ben Shapiro's focus of this book is a little bit, it's a little browner. Than that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little. I don't, I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. It's shit. I mean, that's what it. That's it. That's it's about shit. Jackal, the passage you're about to read is it the one that Sharon K posted on Twitter? Also, no, or? no. I'm reading the 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 part one of it. I'm going to read the beginning part of that. Because okay, that uh, one entitled Brett. I, I need to load it up. <laughs> if you do, you want I could read that as well. If you, I'll, you I'll read it, that one. Me. Yeah, Here, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read that one. You read this one. All right. I'll find it. All right, I gotta so look. let's. Uh, is everyone ready? Do you have. Are you set oh, yeah. up against the campfire? Do you have your, your s'mores and your hot cups of cocoa ready to go with story time with Jackal? Listen, yeah. we sure do, baby. Jackal, um, I want you to know that I am so ready for the vernacular splooge that is about to be leveled at my face. 
Ben Shapiro's like verbiage come right in my face. I don't like the sound of that. Bill. Gotta stop this. That is. So, I'm just saying that Ben I, Shapiro's so words are doing sex jokes. So I'm gonna go all in, baby. I'm gonna no, go. Okay, all right. Let's let's start let's start with story time with Jackal everybody. Let's I'm gonna take a quick sip. And we're You're taking a quick started. sip of Ben Shapiro's cup. Alien, cut that bit out. <laughs> <clears throat> Brett Kabul, Afghanistan. Brigadier General Brett Hawthorne looked at his M9 magazine and cursed to himself. Empty. Oh. He was set up against a mud-brick hovel in the city's poor part of town. Even in Kabul, there was a large income gap, and he felt the sweat trickle down his cold, trickle down cold between his shoulder blades. He hadn't been alone for he hadn't been alone for years. Generals always had a personal security detail, but things had gone hellishly wrong. Hawthorne was a bear of a man, 6'3". <laughs> I need to get through the sweat laughing. Hawthorne was a bear of a man, 6'3", in his bare feet and 215 pounds in his underwear, with a gray blonde crew cut and a face carved of granite. But he had plenty of smile lines. He just didn't like showing those to people unless he knew them. He looked up to the Hindu Kush. The city was romantically placed in the full view of the mountain chain, a bizarre large cyst at the bottom of the grandiose peaks. The Kabul River, which once passed lazily through the city, splicing it in half and providing it with an anchor, had dried up to a series of puddles, leaving the city afloat on the steps. It was freezing, just like every other December day. What wasn't like every other day was the silence. It was quiet, except for a few scattered screams and the occasional rapid-fire rounds. Hawthorne sucked in the smell of smoke with every breath. He couldn't see the Kabul Serena Hotel burning. The new coalition government had bragged about the hotel as the standard bearer for the modernization of the city, with its historically imitative, imitative Islamic architecture, satellite TV, and wireless internet. Now the flames licked at the windows as ashes floated down on the city. It wasn't the only building burning. It seemed as though half the city was on fire. Well, Brett Hawthorne thought to himself, at least I can't tell those stupid bastards I told you so. <laughs> A few short years ago, Afghanistan seemed to have been on the upswing. The Taliban had been on the run, hiding in the mountains of the Tora Bora region, sallying forth, sallying forth, every so often to hit a supply chain, but mainly holding up, waiting for the invaders to leave. The coalition forces had been systematically rooting them out from local areas, empowering Afghan forces to hold the areas, and funding local governance in those areas. Those are... <laughs> okay, hold on. I have to make a note of this. This is three times in one sentence he uses areas. I'm not going to lie to you, I disassociated because I was thinking about sweaty men. I might need to leave the room for a minute. Jackal, Jackal, I just need to tell you that, I just need to tell you that his magazine is as empty as Ben Shapiro's balls are right now. Okay, Phil and I are, are doing a sex joke off, I guess. No, please no. We, we really don't have so, to be, is the thing. I, I'm just 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, six how... foot five, two hundred pounds. He can unload his cartridge. <laughs> oh my god! No, all right, no, buddy. What were you gonna say? I'm just. Hang on. Is this guy gonna be the main character's dad, or no? This is, is the main character. I mean, he's main about to father somebody if Finch is to be believed. He's a one star. He's a oh, one star general. In the face with a brick. He's a one star general. How yes. long has he been in the that? I mean, I don't really know how long it takes for you to achieve that sort of rank, but I imagine more than five, more than a few years. Oh yes. Do you want to hear more about Brett Hawthorne's back uh, background? Ben does get oh. into it. This is. I don't know. I don't know if we can take it, Jackal. But go for it. <clears throat> let, let me uh, let me get my let me get my uh, reading voice on. <clears throat> Brett Hawthorne was the youngest general in the American military. He'd grown up lower middle class in Chicago. His mother, a teacher. His father, a salesman for the local phone company. When his dad lost his job, the family moved from the more expensive north side to the south side of Chicago. Poorer, industrial, and heavily black. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) And heavily black? And heavily black. Oh, wow. Oh no. no! Racism in my Ben Shapiro novel? I couldn't predict no that. Way. No way. No, no I prefer for our in our lower economic areas to be light to be black light, but now with more flavor. Black light with more flavor. I mean, Brett, the problem uh, the problem is that they're just so heavy with with the blacks. They're just so so heavy. Why are they heavy? He, <clears throat> he'd been a shy kid, gentle, quiet, built like a reed. Sounds like Ben is describing himself. But <laughs> it's really great what... that the gentle guy turned into a giant, like, war crime. To war crime. <laughs> who habitually commits war crimes. <laughs> he was such a gentle kid, the guy who does a lot of war crimes. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into into the the within. I believe that within the art of uh, of storytelling, this is called the character's ghost, and it's of a black football player. <clears throat> He'd been a shy kid, gentle, quiet, built like a reed, but he learned one one skill pretty quickly at Thomas Edison High. Oh yeah, how to this talk New his Jersey, way out of Thomas Edison High. Thomas Edison High. Note, I don't believe Ben Shapiro has been to Chicago before. Does he live? Yeah. The f- only place that's going to have a Thomas Edison High is New Jersey. But well, this is on the south yeah. side of Chicago. Well, I'm going to look this up right now. Thomas Edison well, High. If you know anything about the south side of Chicago, it's the baddest part of town. And uh, in in south side of Chicago is a, is a guy named Leroy Brown. I fucking oh, Leroy, hate I heard he was how the, close I, you I, were. I, Hell. I, I hate how, uh, uh, I don't even, he's, I can't he's find bad, bad Leroy Brown, baddest man in the whole damn town. That's, oh, this is this entirely up. Ben Shapiro's understanding of Chicago. Are you badder fucking kidding a, I, me? I, I, heard, I heard he was badder than a junkyard dog. Yeah. I, meaner than fucking, old King Kong. Hey, hang on. I, I'm fucking so angry because Phil accurately predicted this because I just found a Thomas A. Edison career and technical academy in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yes! Yeah, there we yes. go. Well, the lot beat that shit out, let me tell you. Baba Everybody, listen, it's, a, it's, a, it's, not a, it's an open secret I live in New Jersey. 
<laughs> but alien, yep. you need a lot of Baba Booies. Okay, <laughs> Are you are are we ready to get back to uh to Brett Hawthorne's uh his genesis as a as a war criminal? Yeah, yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. You've yes, been yes. hit by, you've been struck by a war criminal. <laughs> struck with mortar, yeah. That uh, he'd been a shy kid, gentle, quiet, built like a reed, but he learned one skill pretty quickly at Thomas Edison High. How to talk his way out of a bad situation. <clears throat> Just like the real Thomas Edison. That he learned from Derek. On the second day of school. On the second day of school, Brett was sitting by himself at lunch. He wasn't one of the Irish kids. He wasn't one of the Italian kids. So he couldn't sit with those cliques. And he'd made the mistake the day before trying to befriend a couple of the black kids. Yeah. The black did. kids? Yeah, the black it's kids. It's so hard to be a wasp in Chicago. That's the takeaway. Now, mind you, this uh, is it, what we're doing. Okay, it, it's very funny that they think Italian kids have any form of camaraderie. Yeah, oh, <laughs> people like fight each other. No, it's just like if you're an Italian kid, you, it's like one Italian kid per click, and then like. Everybody else isn't, but pretends they are. This is the New Jersey experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking like this, and nobody really knows what's going on. But Andy, Andy's got like the German and Dutch, but he he ain't even Italian, buddy. Like, what's going on? Oh, I want to I want to get to to what the black kids did to uh, bear right. from their bread. Oh, oh God. Okay, let's see yeah. where this goes. Did they, did, did they make him Fortnite dance and yell "Go white kid, go"? <laughs> You're not far off from what is going to happen. Um, that would it would that would be like self-aware though, Bunny. So that would be if yeah, know. that would be if Mitch Shapiro was writing this as like a like as like a parody of conservative fiction. But but this but, is genuine. But guys, this is earnest. They have the unchecked swagger of a black teenager, and what does he have? <laughs> he's Brett Hawthorne. He's a bear of a man. He's That's a bear he of a man, even when he's not a man. Even when he's a, he's built like a reed. He doesn't kiss his wife. Is this the one that it, like thinks he's like in eighteen ninety six? Oh yes, th Brett. This is the very same man who does not kiss his wife in front of the defense secretary. <laughs> he made nice. this joke. I, I'd really love to have like the brain of a Victorian socialite to just that like. That hadn't gone well. He ended up with a black eye and a few vocab and a few new vocabulary words to add to his dictionary. Oh, so today he sat alone until he made the mistake of looking up. Are you ready? Are is everyone here ready for what, what I'm about to read? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'll try to be. I'm still ready. Standing above him, glaring at him, was a behemoth, a black kid named Yard. <laughs> Yard. <laughs> Yo, I gotta, call up, I gotta call up my friend Yard and my friend Property Value and my friend uh, 32nd Street. Please, honey, if you're ever in trouble, you gotta call up Yard. I gotta Nobody call my friends, my, my friends Yard, Foot, Mita. They're all gonna be there. Here comes the measurement squad. <laughs> nobody, nobody knew his real name. Everybody just called him Yard because he played on the school football team. Six foot stood six feet five. Okay, number one, I, this has been pointed out by multiple people before, but there's no way that 
people do not know who a guy who plays on the football team for their local high school is. <laughs> Yo, he's just so intimidating that everyone calls him Yod because he's several Phil. yards tall. Phil, they call him Yod because that's the size of his dick. No. Okay, I'd hang on. I'd like to note that almost everyone, everyone in this book, both hero and like protagonist and antagonist, hero and villain, they're all just massive people. They're in, they're giants. Hey guys, Jesus Christ. Excuse me, I, okay. Tell me, why then do you populate your novel with big guys? Could it be perhaps <laughs> that you enjoy our company? <laughs> oh, this says a, a bad, bad. Are you trying to tell us something? Listen, Ben likes tall men. <laughs> to the tune of the blues. Oh, movie. he oh he describes yard further, by the way. Um, oh, really? oh, oh uh, boy. He, he stood six. Stood six foot five, clocked at a solid two hundred and eighty pounds. It looked like, he... oh, oh God, I forgot about this bit. Oh man. okay, everyone, prepare yourself. You have you're you're not ready for whatever for what I'm about to read. So it's, it, it can't be that bad, Jackal. Famous last words. Stood six six foot five, clocked in at a solid two hundred and eighty pounds, and looked like he was headed straight for a lifetime of prison workouts. The coach loved him. Oh, Everyone else feared him. Yo, they call him Yard because they think he's gonna be in a prison yard. Am I right, fellas? Oh my god. Holy shit. They call him Yard because his future is that he's going to be shanked in the prison yard. Yeah. Okay. All right, we better finish this up, Jackal. Let's get to it. I'm debating if I should even read this bit of the page because there's a... There's, all right, how many times does he use this? One, two, three, four, five. Almost five uses of the N-word. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, let's, let's not do that, then. There's a... I'll, all right, hold on. I won't say it, but I will... Jackal, I, this is a Yakubian podcast. If Brett hadn't looked up, everything would have worked out just fine. But then again, he didn't have much choice, given that Yard grabbed him by the shirt and pulled him off of his seat like a rag doll. Then Yard mumbled something in his face. What? Said Brett. I said... Yard growled, did you call me N-word? Because I just heard you call me N-word. The entire room turned to watch the impending carnage. Yard, Yard's hand had come down on Brett's shoulder, heavy as doom. Brett could feel his bowels begin to give way when a smallish hand emerged <laughs> on, Yard's so on Yard's shoulder. Brett a black hand. Shits his pants. <laughs> They call him Yard because he makes people shit his pants. That that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> that was a bad one, Phil. That was a bad one. Well, that was my favorite. Black hand Yard. Sh sh yard swiveled. He's not sitting. Um, Yard swiveled ponderously to face down the person connected with the hand. A small person, slim, wearing glasses, with a wide smile across his face. Yard man, he said. He didn't call you N-Wood. What are you talking about, Derek? Rumbled Yard. It was me, man. I called you Edward. Yard looked puzzled. No, he said slowly. It was the white boy. Oh, yeah, man, <laughs> said Derek. It was him. I'm white. You just mixed this up. He moved around to stand next to Brett. 
See, we're twins. Identical. Anybody can mix us up, even though I'm more handsome. Yard's eyes glazed over with confusion. The giggling started at the back of the room. Yard's hands clenched and unclenched as the wave of as the wave rose through the room. Until the kids were slapping each other on the back, Yard's fists closed tight. But as they did, Derek leaned forward, reached out, and lightly tapped Yard's hand and then started singing at the top of his uh, his lungs that Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder song, Ebony and Ivory. Come on, <laughs> come on, sing with me, Yard. You be Ebony right and now? I'll be Ivory. But Yard was backing away now, a look on his face asking, who is this nut job? Derek turned to Brett and continued singing. That is the what biggest the- clown shit I've ever seen. He li- he literally he used like medieval jester tactics where if the king's about to kill someone, you just like start putting on a little show and like, oh look, uh, oh, I didn't call you. Look, we're almost twins. Oh boy, you just didn't notice. Oh my god! Oh my god! About medieval jester clown tactics. There's a document. I forget what this guy's name was. I forgot the king as well. Stupid, but. He had a sizable estate and a sizable amount of um, sell estate from the king in, all, in exchange for three things. Can we guess? Oh, God. Three things. Is it, is it hot boy shit? It is indeed hot boy shit, but we need to be particular. Do words I got nothing. All right, whatever. I'll pick up, pick up, I'll go on misery. It is a tumble, a whistle, and a fart. <laughs> this guy <laughs> could apparently fart on command, and apparently... He was so good at that he got um, a sinusure and neat box for the rest of his life. Holy Bratulous. shit. Yeah. And that, and that um, man's name was Ben Shapiro. Um, <laughs> like I could ask for in medieval Europe is some tale for the rest of his life. Am I right, fellas? That's awesome. The oh, that's great. Wow. I want he people needed someone this. to be with him. Because no one would step five feet willingly in the general direction of his anus. Um, Jackal, oh, okay. do you do you know the context of the uh, the quote that Sharon had posted? Okay, so this is uh, okay. I this character is ostensibly uh, Black Lives so Matter. Two, actor, right? It is he's a Black Lives Matter act. Like That's he right. kills like the the Reverend Al Sharpton XP. Um and he's like he's basically like Al Sh- Reverend Al Sharpton, but he's a drug dealer. Like he went to he's a okay. smart drug dealer. He went to school and he knows how to like uh, yeah. undermine the whites and uses social activism for his crimes. All right, so that's that's who's talking oh, and right now. So to give you an idea of like the context of what he's talking about here, uh, a black child was murdered by a cop, and Ben had has basically done everything to make you feel bad for the cop and think that the child was a monster. So this is the Black Lives Matter activist after uh, Kendrick, the child, has been shot by a cop, but he's now talking to some woman. Uh, a reporter, and, a white reporter, a reporter who's come oh, as there's see. like a big protest. Oh, this is a reporter. This makes this even funnier. He goes, "If we don't get what we want," he said, "If we don't get justice for Kendrick, this city is going to burn. We've been burning silently for too long. Our poverty burns beneath the surface. Our ignorance burns beneath the surface. We've been left for dead in this city, just like black boys have been left for dead all over the country. And this country must pay a price if there's no justice. 
The sexy blonde reporter with the short skirt seemed turned on at this point. Breathily, she asked, and, and what will justice look like? So he threw in a line just for good measure. Justice will be done when people like you live in the mud you've made for us. Only then can we lift each other up. Her eyelashes fluttered. That shit was magic, Levon knew. He'd learned it at university, too. White co-eds ma majoring in journalism were a cinch. Just drag them off their civilized perch and let them experience life outside their self-proclaimed white privilege, and they let you be doing them a favor. He's turning on the reporter. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> By just... Remind Dude, call, yeah, yes, Daddy, call me racist again. Now, now, obviously, yeah, this no, is. Let me, just, let me just remind ourselves. Ben cannot say pussy or dick. Yeah. He can only say p word and d word. And nevertheless, <laughs> he feels licensed to write this thinly veiled fantasy he has. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it really does. It's However, so it made much. Ben Shapiro is so contemptuous of the fact that he doesn't have the left-wing talking points that turn on sexy blonde reporters. I mean, he's he so contemptuous of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we could we could leave this this Ben Shapiro holy yes. test. They call him you, God you wanna... because he makes he makes a reporter on the television cream her pants. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do we so, want to move on to racist Lutheran? Uh, yeah, I mean, before, yeah, before we do that, maybe we should have our guest Oh my god. Maybe we should get, have our guest sort of introduce himself, like Bunny. You want to uh, yeah. talk a bit about yourself? Hi, so um, my name is Bunny. I'm, uh, I, live in, I live in England. I, I, in undisclosed location, England. I uh, have interests in religion um, and horror films and fiction and finance shit because I'm an awful shitty person. I'm also a Jew, so that makes the finance shit more understandable. Well, hey, lads, am I right? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> um, the, uh, I, suppose I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm here to, le to lend not only just local, fla local flavor to, a, um, to this delightful, to delightful Emberg podcast, but also the um, a more holocaust perspective, as they say. I was kind of anxious a bit before coming coming on because I was figuring, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to crack open my tal crack open Talmud or, or Zohar and actually be able to sound intelligent about something. But then I listened to the first three episodes and I realized this was not going to be that sort of podcast. So yeah, no, if. Uh... You, if anything, you were you were thinking more highly of highly. But of it's us. good to have you on. Uh, you know, you're a brother in Abraham, so we're glad to have you on the podcast. Love increasing the uh, the Mammonberg universe. You know, yeah. And not just a Christian podcast. We also are a Jewish podcast now. Lahayim brothers. 
Yeah, we also we had we had a Muslim on on a yet as of right now unreleased episode. So we've we've got the full Abrahamic. Ooh, uh, we spectrum. do have the whole Abrahamic uh, spectrum now. Oh, oh yeah, baby. Brothers and sisters in Abraham. No, no need for more diversity here. We got it. All right. Uh, so, I guess we could just. Oh yeah, continue, continue. Uh, uh, oh no, this is a, a, a later portion, but um, I suppose um, brief MSA, brief messages from this. Uh, green and pleasant land are um, causes celebra, British heroes, men of joy and delight, woke space Jesuits, and Malskrung are back, baby. Who knows for how long, but we will see. And <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. These two fine posters, brave elemental posters, are back for the moment, but who knows what they will be up to. True, yes. they're like sleeping giants. I sometimes yeah. just awake. For periods and they go back right. into their slumber uh speaking of the discourse on twitter how about that uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean this week has just been various christian denominations posting their fat l's including yeah. mine big fat l's l's so fat it makes them call him yod I, I don't know maybe we shouldn't even be giving this guy attention so i'm not gonna say his ad or anything but some no, don't don't say his name. Don't say his app. But just sort of describe describe what he's trying to argue with Christian nationalists. You know, identity has <laughs> has gone on to very bitch. much clarify. In case any of us were worried that uh, that slavery is not a sin. Uh, so thanks for that, fucking Lutheran. <laughs> it's like shocked there are pro-slavery Lutherans on this site. Well, my, con my conversion I, to yeah, another shit. Christian denomination couldn't happen so like soon enough. I just gotta find the right one. Hate to be a shit, but if you're going sola scriptura, slavery is not necessarily bad. But not doing uh, a whole list of shit you shouldn't. Not doing bad shit to your slaves is incredibly well. Doing bad shit to your slaves is incredibly bad. Is incredibly haram and should not be done. So I mean, if this guy is going to, say, have his slave for seven years and then free them and pay them for their time, then we can begin to begin to sort of, not necessarily breathe easy, but, I mean, somehow I feel like what this guy wants is chattel slaves who just, he owns, and yes. he owns their children. <laughs> that, that's what it was coming up from, was that he did, like, this was him quote tweeting someone saying that chattel slavery was, was a sin, and then he went, well, well actually. Actually, there's a way to justify chattel slavery, because oh, uh, I, oh, I want fuck. slaves, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, incredible. Well, actually, the Bible doesn't specifically condone slavery. I could, I could own slaves if I want, if it was legal, but it's not, so I won't. Happy first of like Juneteenth, everyone. People, uh, I, I feel like really people who use the Bible as a barometer test for what is allowed and what is not allowed is really indicative of a ideology. I think, um, and, and so I mean, this is my terrible Star This is this is my terrible Star Wars impression. If you may not have guessed that, but I I think it is a thinking of that pure ideological scent that these individuals are only are. Restrained only by this text that they hold close to their heart, and that were it not were it legal, and were it were we really to live in the anarcho-capitalist paradise that these people lust for, then they would obviously keep slaves with, without a second thought. And Jesus fucking Christ, I hate these people. I, I, 
Um, I hope horrible things happen to them. I hope all of their joys burn up. I hope that. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing nice to say. I mean, mind you. Yeah, all the plagues that hit Egypt hit it, this guy specifically. Yeah. Hey, I got the boils, and also my lawn is being inundated by locusts, but my next door neighbor doesn't seem to have the problem. And I woke up covered in frogs. Water's turning into blood, and I didn't know I had a child, but it's dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Now his his nuts just fall off. Oh my god. I don't know if you if you if you're like on this this fucklet's uh Twitter, but he's like uh, he was saying like, oh, you guys are in for a rough time. I'm just paraphrasing Exodus for my defensive chat. I mean, listen, what? like first no. off, the slavery that exists in the Bible, not not to do slavery apologia, because it's all bad, baby. But like, it takes it's on not, a different historical context. Different. Yeah. yeah, I'm like yes, I'm thinking. Yeah. No, I'm Perhaps. just thinking of like I'm. I'm this is semi related, but I just had a really cursed thought. I'm thinking of, like, a guy who makes a very enlightened take that is basically Coptic Christians are cucks because they decided to worship the god that destroyed their ancestors. That's, That's good. Like, that is the ascended take I feel will one day... That's awesome. Yes! ...show up on Twitter. Pull it forth from the abyss! <laughs> I hate that you you you're you have manifested that to the point where that's probably going to happen within the week. I favorite senator Magic the Gathering. Senator Magic the Gathering <laughs> has said that COVID is a bioweapon because God would never create a plague. Well, Magic the Gathering, <laughs> you're right. He created ten of them. Oh my god. Like Man, maybe, maybe you should read the Bible where God uses plagues a lot. He uses yeah, diseases Yeah, I mean, like, he even created right the Black Death to punish the French, so. Yes. 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 I, to be honest, my theological beliefs are that um, every bad take that, like, comes up on Twitter is, like, personally hand-delivered to somebody's mind by a demon. They just like appear in your house and instead of like possessing you, they just like slide the like this rolled up piece of paper into your ear while you sleep and they're just like, yes, mm. yes. So wait, hold on, Phil, you're describing like a Jack Chick track where there's like the, the ha 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 yes! but they're putting like, yes! it, instead of, instead of telling you to like, go be gay and do crimes, they're telling you, hey, hey, post, go. Post yeah, about go how chattel slavery is okay copy. on Twitter. Do it, yeah, I dare it. you, human. And, and every time I tweet, it's a form of divination with demons then. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to be an energy vampire. Every every sufficiently bad take is hand delivered by a demon, because like Aziraphale has nothing better to do now that like everybody else is doing his work for him. You find a bad take poster, you dunk on them, and then you try and figure out a way to twist their nipples so they're as angry as possible. That's how you use Twitter, baby. Okay. I'm pretty sure that we have Catholic discourse when the Pope has the final say, baby. Ultramont and before we get to that, I would actually I would like to ask about that. So considering what uh what we've just said about the the uh the the Christian nationalist Lutheran. Um, uh-huh. Who is apparently using Exodus to justify? Who's using Exodus to justify 
chattel slavery as a moral thing. Um, and in fact, made a tweet saying that uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase like the, like, ostensibly, this is like the tweet is that God's position on slavery is that slaves are property, and that Satan's position on slavery is that slavery is simple. <laughs> Um, what is given my, that, uh, uh, as, as, some, as, as, a, as a Jew, I'm, I'm curious about how how how's that a reading to the uh, toward the uh, the uh, the Torah? Well, that's <laughs> deeply repulsive. I good to hear, Let good me to see hear. if I can actually pull up the actual lines because it will be good to be quoting some scripture. I don't know what I'm not a Jewish guy, but I don't think God would be fly with the idea. Of slavery in a modern historical context. Is this um, your bit for the the episode? Yeah, that's the bit for the rest of the episode. Do you remember those like those those clamps, those like medieval torture clamps they would put on people's mm-hmm. faces so that they would it would like just squeeze them? I, I think we need to get one. For in them. your brain, does that sound like Eminem? Do Do you think that that's <laughs> so? It's a, it says in Exodus two, Exodus chapter two. Chapter fucking two, it says, um, um, chapter the two, verse exact 23. line is verse 23. The Israelites groaned and cried out under the burden of slavery, and their cry for deliverance from bondage ascended to God. So God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites and took notice. He no- Yes, sir, in the back. Yes, sir. He noticed the bulge. Oh, well, what's this? Did he say? And he sent his hatred. His, with his finger, his hand, his whole arm, he delivered 250 plagues upon those Egyptians. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but yeah. Maybe God doesn't the... like slavery. <laughs> well, hang on. There are, there's rules later on. Yeah, the idea. There's rules later on for how to treat your how to treat your slaves, and if you are going to have slaves, what you do with them. But in the context of slavery, bad Exodus is very much slavery incredibly bad, and if you mistreat your slaves, especially if you mistreat your slaves, God will fuck you up. So I think that it's kind of hard to do the mental gymnastics to ignore the what the one. Huge sign, huge glowing neon signpost saying "slavery bad." Don't do it. But hey, they he's just gonna part. focus myopically on the like, on the part where it's like, oh, but if you're going to do slavery, like if you have to, I guess here's all the things you shouldn't do, but which still even, doesn't support his case. Even doing those, you doing chattel slavery is different from that, though. Because I think my dude, my dude just wants an excuse to think slavery is cool. So uh, yeah, massive def- difference between like indentured servitude and shit to like yeah. Oh, well, they're bad, pirate, but but they're 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 different. Uh, there's like it's very funny that he's pointing, and this is this goes back to something I learned very early on as a as, as a black youth was that uh, certain white people will read verses of the of of the Bible. Very differently from how black people would read them. Um, entire books of the Bible, in fact, because Exodus was taken within black theology as a as a screed against slavery, as the hope of one day being delivered from slavery to something better. So that that's that's just that's real interesting uh, to note how um, slaves in uh, in the antebellum South and within all of the the, the African diaspora where uh, Europe had taken them had read Exodus 
in that way of in a way of of hope for a future that will happen that one day they will be delivered from their bondage and this dude is viewing it as no but like i I think a lot of white christians forget how like instrumental especially in the last like 50 to 60 years and even beyond that obviously but like just how culturally the black church has developed and has like really strong theological positions that are actually really cool and awesome that like a lot of white christians just don't read and you Mm. should and you should because then this will happen if you don't you get boils and and frogs and and your faucet turns to blood um oh and hopefully that happens leprosy is not the leprosy is a special treat for other people, but um, leprosy is the big bad treat. It's the thing you, I mean, from my basic reading of, of, of the Bible, leprosy is what you get if you have done something extraordinarily fucked up and need to suffer, and you need to eat shit and take the L, you get leprosy. Because I imagine for for um, people, of, people of the time when the Bible was written, Leprosy was that. It was this unknowable, horrifying thing that just happened, and you are physically marked with with these scars, and you can spread it to other people if you get too close. Yeah. That said, I hope this guy gets leprosy. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's. Yes. Uh, let's. That would be. I. I. I hope. Uh, I wish the. The uh the slavery justifier a very good uh leprosy diagnosis. Hey guys, I just got diagnosed with ADD, depression, and leprosy. <laughs> Hope you're not prepared for when you get leprosy. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, <laughs> oh, but when you when you're doing this, do you think that you like genuinely? Do you think that you sound like Eminem? Like, is this? Do you think this that is, that's this is what my deranged my deranged mind thinks Eminem sounds like? Please say I'm the baby. Oh, I think you need some like, help. That's where your that's what your brain just... interpret. Your brain consumes Eminem voice, and then it spits that out. That's you're telling me that that's. The I, I think here. Eminem sits at home and he just like he talks like this when he's making sentences, and you don't understand what he's talking about. He goes to a rainforest cafe for his birthday and orders the steak and gets mad that the chef said we can't make it medium rare. That doesn't even okay. Okay. So let's we 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 got we got to get through some topics in a half hour here. So oh god no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is all your fault, Phil. Um. All right. Um. Among other denominations posting their L's, we might as well just wait, rip wait, this I band-aid ha- we off. Ha- we have to, like, do it bullet points in song. It's like, the UK doesn't like to wear masks. Joe Biden, uh, the cats have been denying community. Ah, shit, I can't rhyme. Fuck. Yeah, we're well, not doing that. Okay. <laughs> Rapid fire round, everybody. Let's, Being let's... a Catholic makes me want to... Baba Booey. Baba Booey, yeah. that part. I don't think Joe Biden can have communion because I I think it's bad. I haven't been to church in twenty seven years, but I think it's bad. It's not. It's just culture war bullshit. This is not gonna. Maybe this is me huffing copium. But every every single Catholic I saw on my TL yesterday was huffing copium. The trads, the left cats, the liberals. Everybody was on their own brand of copium. Okay. 
And we're like, well, actually, this is good, because, you know, should no politicians be- Yes, they should, but that's not what the U.S. CCB is doing, is it? No, they're very, they're very much targeting more, uh, liberal stuff, uh, uh right now, aren't they? Because they're involved in the culture war, and you think after the mass abuse cri- crisis that basically destroyed the credibility of the American church, they'd be far more humbled- but they're not. They've decided to latch on to, uh, you know, the Republicans and the people who give them pats on the back. So, great. I, I, you know, for me, the American church is, you know, it's in schism in everything but name. Oh, yeah. I have said this before, but seeing how yeah. so many of them go fuck you to the Pope so often, I'm not surprised. I, I just kind of wish they would actually grow balls and just schism. Yeah. I mean, it is really, it, it's really strange how, like, I just saw a lot of, like, even, like, leftists or, like, people who are, like, left adjacent who are like, yes, we should be denying communion to more people. And I'm like, guys, please, just stop. Just, just stop. Like, it's just like, you know, well, you know, do whatever you want. The economy's not real logic. I mean, yeah. In, in, in. It, it, yeah, in theory, we should be doing that because America, quote unquote, values that are so based on capitalism and violence towards women, minorities, children, etc., go against Catholic teaching. But that's not what they're doing. You, that's what I don't understand about some of even like the Catholic les- leftists is it just seems like they don't understand that the the bishops are really, or, like, at least these conservative bishops, because it was the conservative, ultra-conservative reactionary bishops who came up with this idea in the first place to to draft this thing. And it's just more culture war. Yeah, there is a 0% chance that Biden is going to get denied communion. 0%. Because they cannot vote to deny him communion. It is a personal choice that's made by his bishop, who has already said... No, I'm not going to deny Biden communion. And I don't like Joe Biden. I think that Joe Biden has done some incredibly shitty things. But I also know that this is more culture war bullshit by this reactionary branch of the church. And you should have seen the reactionary Catholics, or quote-unquote Catholics, because I believe Catholic vote, vote isn't even attached to any sort of Catholic organization, who were screaming themselves over this fucking vote. I just don't understand why people are not seeing the sort of action going on. You know, yeah. it's like, isn't every isn't everybody bad? Shouldn't we just be doing this for all politicians? We're not doing it for all politicians. That's the problem, guys. Yeah, the, I would I would like to ask everybody to please be normal. <laughs> now, 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 let me come in here, and as someone who's been recently been reading about the Radical Reformation, maybe we shouldn't have bishops. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that gambit. I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna comment more. I'm just gonna say that. Jackal, your Protestantism is showing. He's gonna convert everyone to (laughs) non-denominational. To my side, you won't have any denominational package. It's okay. The denomination I currently belong to is uh, espousing racist nonsense and also is weirdly horny. So. Okay, well, Sorry, to be Phil. fair, that's described quite a few denominations, too. Oh, well, speaking of show. racist denominations, Southern Baptist Convention, we can, uh... Southern Baptist Convention, more like racist convention, am I that, right, fellas? That, 
great. That's great. I don't. I think we're going to talk about Southern Baptist Convention on another episode. Is what we're saying. But I'll yeah. just I'll just leave my typical note, which is that um, you should never leave uh, your child, wife, or any woman alone with a Southern Baptist pastor. That's I all. Agree. I'm just... <laughs> I agree. Um... If there's a situation in which they will be alone with it, give them a gun. Uh, there's there's three things you don't want to be at the at the the uh, Southern Baptist Convention: black, a woman, or a child. <laughs> All right, but, shall we go on? Uh, yes, let's um, move on to the to the next uh, topic of the of uh, mm. of the day. We get a pivot to bunny on this. It seems um, uh, COVID and mask stuff in the UK. Yeah, you know, what's going on with that? Right. So, what's going on with that? I'm going to rip your tongue out. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Shut up. You guys, uh, uh, in America, my understanding is that you guys have your sovereign citizens and um, weird individuals who refuse to wear a mask for any reason. Yes, quite a few of them. Yes, so we have our own editions of these, of these people, and my understanding is they fall into... Um, a couple sort of main flavors. Some some of them are uh, the sort of person who is mortally offended to that you would ask him to step out of the way if you pass if he's in if he's standing in the street yelling at you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you know this type. I'm sure you know the sort of the sort of type. Um, the, yeah. So there's there's that type. There is the natural news reader type who bel- who um, probably believes that the vaccine that vaccines are go- the vaccine contains some form of some form of uh, chip, probably mm-hmm. a Bill Gates chip that's going to allow you to be tracked and possibly controlled. Um, I do have a specific question, this- if you're, and it's serious. Shoot. So I want to actually know how the UK is kind of no. This is serious, and everyone thinks I can't be serious, but no. I, I'm sorry, it's a boy cried wolf situation here, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you, Phil. So, so the anti-vaccination movement as it exists today kind of started in the UK, and numbers yes. of vaccinations have kind of, like, actually gone... I would say, like, gone up, because your, your jackass who started the whole thing fled to America, where he now just, like goes on cruises and waxes poetic about how all vaccines are bad, even though his original position was just that the MMR vaccine was bad. Anyway, uh, I heard that vaccines, like, vaccine taking has kind of, like, stabilized after that. How do you feel about that statement? Well, I mean, we look at the numbers, and it's, like, I think maybe more than 70% of people have had their first dose here. More than 70% Hmm. of adults have had their first dose. And... The remainder of people are either under 30 or have refused to take it. And I think the breakdown of that is going to be about 25 to 5. Most people are under 30 and want it. But there, are a, there is a meaningful proportion of the population who still have drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak, with regards to um, Andrew Wakefield's lies. Um, How many of them vote Tory? Well... I think it's a little bit less to do with a... I think a, a meaningful proportion of them do, but you will find Labour, Lib Dem, and Green Party voters, especially Green Party voters, actually, who are yeah. very, very, very much not cool with this. Very, very much not cool 
with taking a vaccine. I hate to show the Green Party because they're largely good, but recently they've been they've been sort of heading in a turfy direction. Which I mean, it's this fucking hell island. Of course they are, but um, and but also you know not actively not actively saying do not say this. Representatives of the party do not say this. Do not do this because I mean one of the fun things about this is that we can't is that there is some degree of sort of dictation amongst our parties, and despite that, everyone's favourite lad, Boris Johnson. Actually, come to think of it, I suspect that because Boris is the Prime Minister, and not Jeremy Corbyn, more people are taking the vaccine. And this is an unknowable, of course, but were it, were it the case that we were somehow still in the premiership of one Jeremy K. Corbyn. Jerry, no, is it K? I, I only have one comment for all of this wonderful, Jeremy, intelligent Jeremy, insight. Jeremy, Jeremy Bernard Corbyn, he is a Bernard, Bernard as well. Bernard Brothers across the fucking pond, lads! Um, Bernard, um, Jeremy Bernard Cor- Corbyn, Corbyn, were he to be in his second-ish year of premiership, then... Um, you would be very certain to hear that a large number of Tories would be declining the vaccine because of something. Yeah, because he's there. Yes. Because Corbyn is like, he exists in Parliament. So well, I think uh, it's something even more interesting about UK politics is that much of the stuff on his 2019 manifesto, including uh, free broadband, free school meals, etc., have begun to be adopted by the Tories. And... Um, here comes the hilarious bit, because um, Labour under everyone's favourite Keith Starmer, not everyone's favourite actually, he is, for our dear American listeners who are mercifully not in the know, Keir Starmer is a former Crown Prosecutor, so rather, no, is he Crown Prosecutor? Yes, yeah. former Crown yeah. Prosecutor, <laughs> so, um, um, ru- so he's very, very much... Um, much akin to the um, Biden-Harris presidency, but one person. So if you just imagine Biden, Biden and Kamala Harris pushed into a um, meatloaf-like homogenate and then extruded out, then that's basically Keir Starmer. Um, well, all I have to say about the Green Party is that they are too green to make declarative statements about the vaccine. That doesn't make pass, are you? <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, to my to the UK list to whatever UK listenership that we have. I'm so sorry for misrepresenting us because I am a perpetual moron. Um, so I, I think the future is honestly quite bright. Uh, in some in some ways, I know this is a controversial statement, but um, in some yeah, ways, you're going to have to back that bright. one up. Man. Are you? But, are we sure? Is there any hope? Is there any well, hope? I, I am a optimist to a fault, so I'm saying like the future that. is bright, but, but the one way in which it will be extremely unbright and extremely dark is the Delta variant, which is, I believe it's the Indian variant, but I'm not in, am I, is it the Indian variant? Um, I believe so. I can double yes. check. Um, uh, yes, the Delta variant is what is now, the Indian variant now coming in as the Delta variant, arrived in England due to some uh, flubs, let us say, and I can't imagine that um, when there was all these decisions being made about who, about waiving patents to produce, to produce, develop, and otherwise deliver 
vaccines into the hands and ar- into the arms of people in the global south and how um, our delightful countries all refused to even consider this. Uh, the result is that either um, Clarence and Petunia are going to go on holiday to fucking Tanzania or somewhere, pick up a local variant from there and bring it home, and then throw the country into lockdown for a fifth fucking time. And this is just going to happen again and again and again, and um, until either all of the until either the virus gets extincted, likelihood no. Or until, you know, everyone in, everyone in the world actually has the vaccine, but by that point, will it be the same one? There may well have to be sort of multiple updates. Yeah. I was saying the features Which right. Under... Yeah? Oh, no, I was going to say that, uh, considering the vaccine rollout now, do you think that there's going to be enough herd immunity for the UK to at least somewhat roll, at least somewhat try to roll out of the, the quarantine measures? With it, like the like, let's say, like the near future of this year to twenty twenty two, do you think that that's likely to happen, or do you think that, considering how things are going right now, there's still a lot of time to try to fix things as they are? Well, um, assuming no shocking, unforeseen crisis emerges, like um, a high, a highly infectious, highly deadly variant that germinates here in the next few months, assuming that doesn't happen, I could say that apart from holidays abroad, life in England will be returning to normal relative, relatively quickly, probably by the end of 2022, as you said. However, okay. now that this right. is the record of this, I am going to... I, you're more than happy to at me in 2022, in 2023 at least, and call me a dickhead <laughs> because I... yeah. So 2023, England is now under a V4 Vendetta style fascist regime. I can at you on Twitter and say, hey, buddy, you were wrong. <laughs> uh, you, you, most, you most definitely can. I think that, I think um, it would be a really fun form, fun, I say fun, a really funny form of fascism, I've got to say, because it would be, uh, um, I mean, you guys get stat- statue defenders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. frequently. You guys get statue defenders, so it would it would be fascism by way of them. I can ima- I can imagine sort of the lads, um, sort of ever increasing the perimeter around around the Churchill statue in central London or something, ever increasing the perimeter in which if you <laughs> graffiti or sort of say a rude phrase, then that constitutes attacking the statue, and you get gulagged for ten years. Which is actually a crime now. Oh, well, it's going to be a crime, I think. Is it? Oh. Listen, I just want to know. If you take, like, the neck flab from both the Margaret Thatcher statue and the Winston Churchill statue, and you combine it together and forge a sword out of it, will you become unstoppable? <laughs> You're able to kill a lot of brown people. <laughs> no. The most racist ball of fat you've ever seen. I just need I just need the neck flab of the Winston Churchill statue. Oh dude, my my dude's oh, internet. Buddy, buddy died. Oh no! Oh he's no! Back. Wait, oh, he's back. Buddy, oh my buddy god! Back. You were good, soldier. Maybe even Sorry. the best. Sorry, yeah. Uh, god dang, I hate I hate I hate being that sometimes. Uh, um, get gotcha. you. 
All right, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's uh, view this green and pleasant land. Yes, the yeah. tran transphobia island where uh, peripheral oh, yes. there seems to be just a a constant street like bevy of culture What's... war nonsense that rivals the the United States. Which What's is up with you guys and your fixation on the world wars? I never got that. Was it just because you guys um, were there? In part because we were there. I haven't really had a manageable amount of time to analyze the boomer mindset on this, but it's. I think it's in part because a much bigger proportion of the population of the UK received a first-hand experience of war because we were bombed mm. by the Nazis a lot. Um, and I, I know, you know, we completely annihilated Dresden and a number of other German cities, so it's, you know, not... And, but I'm, I'm not equivocating here. Nevertheless, um, I think the seed of that flavor of boomer madness, it's in, it's in part that it's in part this um, flavor of the, the, the blitz spirit, this sort of shared, shared belief of, right, we can get through the shit, but we need to do it in a sort of stiff upper lip, brave way, and we can't complain about it, even though complaining is the most favorite thing all Brits do ever. Um, Finch can attest to this, I bitch about, I bitch about everything all the time. <laughs> um, it's it's usually uh, it's, it's interesting. Huge, it's, though. it's a contradictory. It's a contradictory mess because um, I had I had dinner with my grandparents on Thursday, and uh, my both both of them were chill were uh, younger than ten during during the Second World War and during the times where they were. Um, sent out of London on the trains to live with other people because, well, they, their parents understood and they feared for, their, feared for their children's lives and wanted to protect them. And, um, right. So, I guess what this, what this puts into you is this, this great national spirit, this, 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 this deep, 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 deep love of country, deep, deep, deep love of country that, um, and also about owning the Germans, because, as I'm sure you've heard, two world wars and one World Cup. <laughs> you've probably heard that. <laughs> Except delivered in a different accent. I'm not doing the accent because I made a promise not to do accents that aren't my, aren't my own, or aren't of my own class on air, because I don't like doing a classism. And as funny as it is to do Dave Courtney impressions, and, you know, talk like, speak like someone who do Cockney accents and regional accents in general, because they are great. I love this country. I love the many, many regional accents that, that we have. I can't do it because I, would, I don't want to be seen to be making fun of people because of the way they speak. Right. Unlike you, my friend, I have no such inhibitions. You're, I mean, Phil, you have no, you have no... Rick and Pet, like, how dare Let's you go, England! to do that? You're from New Jersey. You have nothing to talk about. You're from the, like, the bot, like, you are, Florida <laughs> is above New Jersey in terms of how, like, how it rates in the states of this, this horrible. I mean, yeah, it's true. Wait, guys, in the you're saying I'm the not allowed to talk in my, in my native tongue? Wait, what, what, no, Jekyll? You're not Come allowed. on, man. 
No. Oh man, oh. Phil, you can make me say the W word again. You gotta stop it. You're gonna make Josiah say the slur again. Phil, you goddamn wop! I can't. I'm just gonna send you home in a pizza box. Yeah. All right. You fucking Dago, get out. Uh, go over yourself. Oh my alien! I'm so sorry oh, the oh, about a Bob the Buoys are gonna be um, in this episode. What you gotta say is, you gotta say is the famous line, "I am the Joker, baby." In that classic voice. Listen, well, was, was this I'm the Joker baby going to be in a speedo, baby. I, I thought the I'm the Joker baby guy was Australian. Wasn't that the? He's just... Oh, um, maybe. We should uh, probably move uh, toward wrapping up here. Wait, wait, I want to yeah, ask one more question about the World Wars. So, what's the culture war thing about the poppies? Because I think it's just very different here. Because I know that the World Wars are very important to both of you guys. Because, you know, in America, we don't really care about World War One, and then we use World War Two to jerk each other off. So it's very different. <laughs> I watched okay, so 1917. I care about World yeah. War One, Finch, okay? Okay, I, I think so... That's just... so poppies Do you also play are... Battlefield 1, <laughs> Poppies are a shorthand for the... Um, for respecting the deaths of the several million children and children, teenagers, and young adults who were slaughtered in the fucking stupid mess and waste of time that was World War One. Hot take. Mm. Um, it is a sort of, and so every November eleventh, which is Remembrance Day, you buy the poppy, you buy a a, a paper and plastic poppy, and it, this donates you donate money to the to a to a veterans charity, and you wear the poppy, and um, this is a, it's, I guess it is virtue, it is virtue signaling, because you are signaling the virtue of, I have respected the troops, and I have done my part. Um, mm. Failing to do this, or not doing this loudly enough, I'm going to post a picture in the group chat, but there's, like, um, you can get poppies on your clothes, or you can get a poppy for your car. Interesting. And it's it's just a big size, it's a big size poppy. And and this is like you wear that like all of November, right? More or less. I see. So, Phil, do uh, do res say respect the poppy, mate, in like a really Cockney oi, Brexit. Oi, respect the poppy, mate. Oh, yeah, cheeky cock. I've never I never thought I would feel bad for the British, but I do right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm trying to find a particularly big one because there's. Ah, oh, yes. Here we go. Here is the truck poppy. Um, this is a very, very silly picture. Um, if I can just go describe it. Uh, what you're looking at is a flatbed, a flatbed truck from Ridgeway Rentals, and on in the front grates, right above the eyes of where, right above the truck's eyes. There is a big old red, red and black poppy stuck threaded through, and That's a big poppy. Not doing this, failing to do this is um, it's kind of like making inopportune statements regarding the armed forces on Veterans Day. It's that sort of similar, similar level of gaff to not not buy and wear the poppy. I see. Yeah. Um, I personally do it because I. While I think generally sol individual soldiers good, armies in general bad, um, I like the idea of remembering the dead, even though it's for largely the opposite reason. 
that most people do it. But like they do it because of defending sort of we fought for your freedom, we def they fought for our freedom, etc. I think less to do with that, and more to do with it's a fucking tragedy that these millions right. of barely, barely teenagers, people young, probably younger than all, younger than all of us were just chucked in this fucking meat grinder and faced down automatic weapons for the first time really in almost in almost in any war i know military historians are going to jump down my throat about that but good fucking lord right sorry about that most of most of like the the people that had uh most individuals who had taken the brunt of the machine guns at that time were indigenous peoples of of colonies not like other europeans this was the first time really where there was a major like a major war not just like a european but like a major war where it was used and to the extent that it was like it was a slaughter um so yeah the that that makes sense that it's at least like your reasoning for it like makes complete sense of remembering all of the like what are like these were children these are people like uh like I think I'm closer. I'm I'm closer in age to these to to them than I think that some some of uh, you are. But like these were like teenagers, children that were just murdered in a uh, in a slaughterhouse that was the all theaters of war of World War One. It was awful, and it was for nothing. World War One is pro it's like in history. It's kind of like it's the like the first. Now, mind you, not the first, but it's like, it's kind of like Europe waking up and being like, oh, ho, ho, we're capable of mass slaughter now. And they're like, yep, we can do that. Yeah. If we, if we wanted to. Well, I mean, there's the bow, which is 18, 18, 18, 1899 to 1902, maybe. End of, end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, where, um, the English and um, Dutch settlers in South Africa had a bit of a fight. And remarkably, can you guess what happened there? That oh. right there. The first use of concentration camps by the yeah, British on the Dutch. Right. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yep, yeah. I, 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 I remember uh, reading about this uh, a while ago. This was when... Uh, some debates over, oh, should we call the stuff at the, the camps at the border concentration camps? Um, mm -hmm. and then I began to read about, like, the the history of concentration camps, um, which have uh, always been awful um, since they were used. I think the very first instance of concentration camps were in the, were in the Caribbean by the Spanish, particularly in Cuba during the, uh, the Spanish-American War. Um, it Jesus. was it was used at a much larger scale um by the british toward the boers where they were using they were putting uh boers boer women children and also uh blacks who were i i hesitate to say helping the boers because it, it might have been uh more co coercive on the boers part than anything but um that's where they were putting them and that's where a lot of descriptions that sound very similar to concentration camps as we know them came out of these are places of sickness of disease people are starving people are dying um purposefully and there's a like the british empire was putting out a narrative that oh these camps are fine we're just putting them here so that they can't help the gorillas um so that that was the that that was kind of like the the genesis of the modern concentration camp as we know it um 
Fun fact: The United States used concentration camps in uh, the Viet in the uh, the the Vietnam War. Entirely right. unsurprising. Well, uh, I think we should probably move toward wrapping up here. Yes. Uh, well, on that, I make like, one note. final bad joke. The bad joke is the only time America has used good concentration camps is in the Men Who Stare at Goats, the movie about the guys who concentrate. Because it's a different kind of concentration. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, that's great, Phil. Yeah, yeah, Phil. Yeah, yeah. That's where. Finch, why don't you close this up, please? That hurts. As the signature Buffalo Wild Hands blimp floats over the cityscape, you notice many things. Uh, Ben Shapiro. Drooling after a big bear of a man. He's so strong. Yeah. He's just so strong. <laughs> you see <He's> so tall. <laughs> a bunch of bishops hitting their heads with hammers. <laughs> and a bunch of Lutherans chasing after minorities. Out of the smokestacks you see clouds of poppies. And under them a bunch of Brexiters and anti-maskers. We have you been your pilots. <laughs> Go ahead, Josiah. I was going to say several G.K. Chesterton smoking crack. <laughs> Surely G's K. Chesterton. The, the plural, obviously, is not G.K. Chesterton's, but G's K. Chesterton. You're right. He's right. Jeez, kids. We we've we've had an infestation in Mammonburg for a while. But these this army of GK Chestertons just started showing up and loitering everywhere. I, I, They've just been smoking I was, crack. That the plural was GK Chester tie. <laughs> Can be many things. We, we're, 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 we're trying on, to get. We're working out a way of poisoning them. <laughs> The Buffalo Wild Hands nuggets aren't luring them out. They just want crack. They're trying to find my secret crack stash. Oh, it's my crack stash. It's my crack stash. They'll never find my crack. <laughs> We've been your pilots. Yeah. I'm Finch J. Finch. You can find me at Finchawar at twitter.com where I post about Catholicism, socialism, and hot dilfs. And I am joined by my fellow co-pilots, Josiah. Yep, uh, you can follow me at Josiah W. Sutton. I've been uh, Josiah, faithful leader, faithful shepherd of the Suttonites, uh, taking on now my, my eighth bride, and I promise that this will not devolve into weird sex stuff. Jackal. Hello, everybody. I have been the resonant uh, scholar of Ben Shapiro literature. Um, I, this is a cry for help. I do need help. I do need someone to talk to. No, I will not stop reading True Allegiance. Bill. Uh, you can find, you, oh, you I, let, let me, I didn't put my pluggables. I'm sorry, I'm silencing the minorities again. I'm sorry. No, Go no, ahead. It, it's, Listen, Finch, check your white this, this privilege is... at the door. Shut yeah. up, Bill. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> I, I swear, it's just white people talking over minorities on Juneteenth on, Ju on this day of all days. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Jackal Jester on JackDorsey's Twitter.com. 
if you are curious about paying me reparations, please DM me. Happy <laughs> Juneteenth. And Phil. <laughs> and uh, our other resident minority, the Italian boy, Phil. Is it a minority if we don't count them as a people? That's true. Oh, yes, my subhuman degeneracy. Listen, guys, you can follow me at cryptiddirector at gmail.com. I mean, that is my Gmail. Please don't send me emails, specifically not of your genitalia. I just don't want to see it. Where are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. You could find me there and i'll just talk to you about anything what is your what is your your username on twitter it's uh it's at cryptid director you can you can follow me i'm a shithead i will now sign off with a john f kennedy impression good night folks well we still and last but very much not least our special guest tonight bunny Hi, so, um, you can find me, this has been Bunny Rabbit, you can find me at Urist, U-R-I-S-T, in Furs, on hellsite.com, um, I normally post about, uh, horror films and the stupid, horrible things that appear in my head that aren't horror films, so, yeah, if you're interested in that, please hit me up, um, Thank you guys so much for having me. I had such a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, of course. Any t- come, feel free to come on anytime. We love having you. And with that, we'll have to uh, wrap up because our Buffalo Wild Hands blimp is quickly careening towards a bunch of power lines. Bruv, this is why you not- outsource this. <laughs> this is why you don't outsource this to the stupid Canadians. This is every time that we've done anything and we devote this resource and we send it to the Quebecois. It always, the engineering is always bad. It's always faulty. I, I, I told everyone not to do this. Have a good day, everybody.